Welcome back, baseball fans, to another exciting episode of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. I am your host, Greg. I'm joined, as always, by Dominic and Jeff. What's going on, guys? Hey. Hey, nothing much. Glad to be back. Yeah, definitely glad to be back. We're glad to be doing this. It's uh, been a little bit of a hiatus, about uh, three months, but uh, with uh, a few things going on, spring training and the World Baseball Classic and all that, uh, opening day is two, three weeks away. Uh, so we figured we'd jump mm-hmm. back on and give you some more baseball news and facts. So this episode, we're going to go over our World Baseball Classic. Uh, we're going to do some free agent signings. We are going to talk about some of the new rules uh, that were implemented in spring training and are going to translate over to the regular season. Crazy early World Series predictions. We try to do this at the beginning of every season for us and see who uh, could possibly be right. I don't think we've gotten it right once, Tom, have we? Uh, And then uh, rookie uh, to watch out for this season. And then we're going to finish it off with uh, the one fact about baseball. So started off with World Baseball Classic. What do you guys think so far? I think it's been a lot of fun to see. Um, I mean, it's crazy to see all these different players in their backgrounds and getting to see them play all all across the world, all, you know, from 6 a.m. to past midnight every day. It's been a really cool experience, hopefully going to grow the game. You know, I know baseball isn't as popular in some other countries, so this could inspire some kids around the world to, you know, try and pick up a bat and grow the game. Definitely, for sure. Um, I know it expanded to 20 games this year. It was previously 16-team event, uh, or I'm sorry, 20 teams uh, this year, and it was previously 16 teams. So uh, the addition of four additional entrants, um, what do you think that that has done to impact uh, the game uh, so far? Well, so far, I mean, it's showing in a little bit more ties, uh, especially, you know, you look at Pool A, how it's played out, and, even though they were all tied, uh, only Cuba and Italy have advanced. So it's definitely throwing in some wild cards. You know, Britain helping out the U.S. today. They actually got that upset win, so it could end up helping us out as someone will win tonight. What about you, Dom? Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this. I think this is really the first World Baseball Classic that I've, like, actively been interested in. Usually it's, you know, all right, let's get to the regular season you're distracting me from spring training. I don't even really know what this is, but now I'm actually like, I'm actually pretty fully invested in it and um, I'm intrigued by it. I I like that they've added teams. Um, It's weird seeing, you know, guys play, like not for the the teams I'm used to them um, play for, but I think the game has been super competitive. It's definitely better than I thought that it was. I, I was telling Greg um, off camera, I was watching the Great Britain and Canada game yesterday and talk about a marathon game. If you love long baseball games, you got your money's worth with that one because I the first inning alone was like an hour long. I, I, I don't know how long the game itself took, but I swear it was like four hours. And it was only in the sixth inning. Um, the U.S.-Mexico game was exciting. Um, definitely – for the offensive fans, if you, if you like good pitching and good defense, this isn't really the tournament for you because it seems to be uh, pretty high scoring. But I, I think it's really fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Like you um, looked at like the Venezuela, Dominican Republic teams uh, matching up against each other. It seemed like an all-star, all-star game lineup. Yeah. It just it seemed like every single person on those 
teams was was a perennial all-star so it was just it was crazy um talking about the dominican republic um japan united states they seem to be you know the front runners uh any surprise teams that could kind of pop out uh at the end dom you know after watching the u.s mexico game last night i i think mexico is, is for real um I think that the U.S., obviously a big game tonight. We'll see how well they do. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mexico can go pretty far in this tournament. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I'd say Mexico yeah, as well. Mexico. Outside of that, not really. I think, quite honestly, I think Japan's just going to dominate this thing. I don't see anyone else kind of getting the upset over them. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think this is Japan's tournament to lose. So uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, the uniforms and uh, anything uh, striking about the uniforms. And one thing that stood out to me was the uh, fact that um, Great Britain's uniforms look like they opened up a Word document and just typed the word Great Britain and then uh, translated that over to a, uh, a jersey. So uh, I didn't know if anything else stood out to you uh, guys jersey-wise. No. Outside of that, not too much. I agree with you, though. Britain just absolutely failed at that uh, i love the venezuela hat the actual jersey yeah it was uh, i think it was australia's looked a lot like the oakland athletics jerseys um mm-hmm. it kind of stood out to me i watched that game a little bit and it just was like that that just looks like a oakland a's ripoff jersey so uh, a lot of exciting things one thing i did read uh that at uh, nicaragua uh, a nicaraguan pitcher Duque. Herbert, uh, when he struck out Juan Zotto, uh, Julio Rodriguez, and Devers, um, the Tiger scout that was in the stands, uh, approached him after the game and signed him on the spot. So I thought that, oh, that wow. was really cool. Yeah, I wow. that was a really cool aspect of some of these players that, um, that maybe not gotten the exposure that they could have gotten um, otherwise uh, or getting some playing time and getting exposure and look at these guys got a contract uh, already so that was uh, it was pretty cool all right moving on to uh free agent signings i'm kind of go team by team and read over the lists and then kind of just get your opinion on what you think was it a good signing or a bad signing on that and i'm going to start off with my red Sox. uh justin turner two years 21 mil kenley jansen two years 32 mil and yoshida uh his last name i believe is Five years, 90 mil. What do you guys think of those signings? I like the Yoshida and Turner signings for sure. Um, some good value with those guys. Yeah. Uh, moving, yeah. On, moving on to the Cubs, uh, Danby, Dansby Swanson, seven years, uh, 177 mil. Cody Bellinger, one year, 15.5. And Trey Mancini, two years, 14 mil. Anything about that, guys? I think those are great signings. Yeah, to me, the Cubs are the winners here of any team in free agency. Um, they also got Hosmer, Jameson Tyon, and Tucker Barnhart. So, as a Reds fan, of course, I'm partial to that. But, I mean, talk about going after it. Yeah. Well, yeah speaking, if, uh, go ahead. If they can get um, Bellinger to play at 80% of what he was at his peak with the Dodgers, they got they got a hell of a deal for only $15 million. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jeff, speaking of your Reds, looks like the only thing they really did was Will Myers at a one-year, seven and a half million dollar uh, contract. So, what's your opinion on that? Well, it seems like we're following suit with last year, going to get a Padre for one year. <laughs> uh, we also brought Kirk Sally home, though, so that was kind of fun. You know, seeing him and being a Red again. 
Uh, outside of that, I can't say I'm shocked. You know, they got to delegate that pay, as they've been saying, even though they've got like an insane amount they could send. I'm sorry, that, that's the most Cincinnati Reds move that I like. If you were to ask me what's like one move that you would expect the Reds to make, it would be for a player at like the, the same stature as, as Will Myers, you know, kind of fringe starter, been in the league for a while, kind of a journeyman, and they'll sign him for one year and then probably trade him at the deadline. Right. They're like, yeah, hey, we got to do something, I guess. I was kind of hoping maybe they would go get Trevor Bauer for a year on the cheap. You know, clearly nobody wants them, but he actually just shine, just signed with the Japanese team. Well, moving on to uh, Dom's Guardians, Josh Bell, two years, $33 million. Uh, anything stand out on that? I think it's a great move. I think it's pretty much exactly what this team was missing in that lineup. And for what they got him for, I think it's a low-risk, high-payoff kind of signing. All right, we got uh, Astros with uh, Abreu. I know we talked about that, I think, before the end of the last season for us for uh, episode-wise, but that's a three-year, $58.5 million. Uh, the big one that is the, the kind of interesting is the Twins with the Correa, six years, 200 mil. Uh, what What is your opinion on that? Don, we'll start with you. Well, his, his fourth signing of the offseason um, ends up just back to where he started. I, I think they, they got a great value considering what he signed for originally with the Giants and what he signed for with the Mets. Um, I mean, we'll see. But I, I think it's it's a pretty good signing for him. I mean, that I mean, signing stuff was just a train wreck. I mean, how bad do you think his ankle really is, Jeff? It's got to be pretty concerning to have both the Giants and the Mets on the day they were going to, you know, have their public signing of them have to go ahead and pull the plug saying, oh, hang on a minute. You know, we've got some serious concerns. And for him to take that pay cut, he's clearly got to have a pretty deep issue. So why do you think the twins made that decision to actually go through with the signing then? Yeah, you know, if, when you get him while he's healthy, you know, maybe it ends up being a non-issue and you actually get some longevity out of him. Maybe, you know, why not take the chance, I guess, on a guy who's been proven there before. Yeah. We got the Mets uh, Verlander at eight years, 162. Uh, another um, from Japan, uh, Kodia Senja, five million or five years, uh, seventy-five mil. Um, Phillies Trey Turner, eleven years, three hundred mil. Um, and then the Padres Xander, eleven years, two hundred and eighty mil. And Michael Walker, four years, twenty-six mil. Uh, any other signings throughout the year that we uh, might have not gone over that you guys were really surprised about? really uh, happy about, really sad about? I guess not too surprising, um, but the Aaron Judge not to San Francisco back to New York. <laughs> that was yeah, can we talk happy about or disappointing? How... Eh, I guess I was kind of happy to go see him in a different uniform because maybe then I could cheer for him a little more. But, you know, Danny Yankees probably what he really won. Yeah, I don't can think we talk about how bad of an offseason the Giants had? Oof. Like, they, they, they thought they got Aaron Judge, then they – they thought that they had two big signings and they ended up with what Michael Conforto and Ross Stripling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so why do you think that happened? I think 
with Judge, I think the money that the Giants offered him wasn't really enough to lure him away from New York. Um, he's kind of a, a legend there. Yeah, I, I guess team legend, but he's he's loved by the fan base, loved by the organization. You know, why would he want to leave? Uh, he's kind of the face of the franchise. Um, and then, um, I don't know. People were probably seeing the the division, what they'd have to go up against with the Padres and the Dodgers and seeing uh, it's not really an easy uh, chance to make the playoffs. Probably not going to be competing for a World Series, so why would I come here, you know? It's an e- easier path staying in the AL East, though. Yeah. Well, at least in the American League, your odds of, if you're the Yankees, your odds of making the playoffs in the American League are pretty much guaranteed. Um, if he were to go to the Giants, he's probably not making the playoffs. Even though the AL East is probably the best division of baseball. Fair. Very true, very true. All right, moving oh, no, on. If I was a Giants fan, it's enough to make you jump into the Cubby Cove. Losing both of those guys. I think a few probably have. <laughs> All right, moving on to the uh, new rules that were implemented in spring training. We've got the shift, shift, new base sizes, and the pitcher-batter clocks. So uh, what are your opinions thus far of the new shift rules? I'll start with you on this one, Dom. I think it's kind of dumb. Um, I think you're you, instead of asking hitters to actually hit and get better, you're just taking the easy way out, banning the shift to make it easier for them so they don't have to really put in any effort in learning how to hit against the shift. Um, I mean, we're, we're taught as kids, you know, just hit the ball, put it in play. Don't try to, to, to pull the ball consistently to one side. And if, if you see one side of the infield completely open, just bunt it or, you know, hit down the hit, hit it down the gap. You know, I, unfortunately, I, I don't know where it was lost but these guys just don't seem to get it um everyone just seems to be obsessed with launch angle and hitting home runs and it just leaves the guys pulling the ball to you know second base 80 percent of the time so teams were just shifting that way um you know defenses adapted to the hitters but hitters weren't able to adapt to the defenses and pitching and major league baseball is like well we're just gonna stop defenses from adjusting to the hitters. I think it's kind of a dumb rule. Well, I mean, I don't know if you saw the spring training uh, game with the Red Sox and the Twins uh, and Joey Gallo, how the Red Sox basically kind of did an augmented shift where um, everybody kind of, uh, you know, the third baseman and second baseman and the shortstop and the first base all stayed in their respective locations, but then the complete uh, outfield shifted uh, and that was, you know, a way to to beat the the, the new shift rule. Obviously, it didn't work out in the Red Sox' favor because he ended up uh, drawing a walk. But um, Jeff, what did you think about the that augmented shift that the Red Sox were able to at least attempt? Yeah, I thought it was super innovative. I mean, no matter how you change the rules, the players will find a way to adapt to those rules and find their way to beat it. So, in the end, is it really going to beat anything? I mean. Because if you're Joey Gallo, you still got to find a way to hit against that shift and hopefully get it in the left field when there's nobody there, maybe hit an inside park. But I I think no matter what you do to change the 
the rules with the shift to benefit the hitters. Defenses are going to find a way to adjust. Moving on to base sizes, uh, they've grown considerably. Uh, obviously, that's meant to more stolen bases. So what do you think that's going to be impact to the game? Let's start with you on that one, Dom. I think it's good. It's going to bring base running and speed back to the game. Um, I think it helps, you know, my team, the Guardians, who I think they were top or near the top of the league in stolen bases. Um, you know, it, it's going to make the game more exciting. You know, base stealing was kind of like a lost art. And I think it's really going to benefit, you know, the, these guys that are, are fast and, you know, can put the ball in play. I think it's going to it's definitely going to lead to more run scoring because you're going to have a lot more guys in scoring position. And, you know, theoretically, now that you can't shift, more balls are going to be put in play. So I think it's going to lead to more action on the field, and that's always more entertaining than, than watching, you know, bad pitching and nothing but, you know, one, two hit games. Yeah, it's definitely, I believe in the spring training, the attempts, uh, 2022 to 23 um, attempts per game of like 0.7. Um, and now they're up to uh, one point, like you know, one zero attempts per game. And uh, so that's definitely allowed the uh, runners to be a little bit more aggressive in the base pass and allow the you know, coaches to be a little bit more uh, strategic in their attempts in their, their gameplay. Uh, Jeff, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, who doesn't want to see more stolen bases? Uh, especially for the, you know, these super athletic guys, you know, you got Stephen Kwan getting on base apparently every at bat. So we might as well get him <laughs> racking up as many bases as he can. The Phillies are probably thinking the same thing with Trey Turner, you know, any of these fast guys. So it's definitely going to help, uh, help see some more infield defense and hopefully see some craziness this year. And that's what the fans outside of baseball said they wanted. They said, look, I'm going to turn into these games, you know, I don't want to see the boring stuff. I want to see people running. I want to see, you know, these, stole, these stolen bases. We want to see, you know, more hits. So, obviously, ban in the shift. So, we'll see if it actually helps out growing the game or not by asking outsiders instead of, you know, the actual baseball fans. Well, moving on to that next, the uh, time clocks, um, pitchers and batter clocks. Uh, how do you think that that's impacted the game so far? Obviously, it's uh, sped up these spring training games by close to 20 minutes. Uh, so uh, what do you think that's going to translate into um, you know, actual major league play? I, I'm kind of loving the pace. I hate to admit it. Um, I really thought maybe I was going to dislike it when I believe it was honestly the first day of spring training and the Red Sox were playing and their game was decided by a clock violation by the batter. So I hate to see it decide a game, but at the same time, you know, tuning into a game and not having to commit for three and a half hours and you're more around the two hour range. I can see how more people could be into that. Uh, again, like these outsiders, they said, I want to watch a baseball game. I don't want to sit there for three and a half hours. Unlike me, who wants to be out there in the stands eating how many hot dogs and beer, you know, <laughs> I want to get my money's worth, but. I really kind of hope that maybe it's not used in the postseason, at least, you know, kind of in these bigger spots. But is that going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, if that comes down to winning a championship is based on somebody's time clock violation, it would just be completely out. People would lose it. Yeah. What about you, Dom? What do you think? 
honestly, I like it a lot more than I thought that I was going to. Um, it made me realize just how much like just dead time there was throughout a game. Like I, I knew there was a, there was a pretty big gap in between, you know, pitches, but I didn't think that there was 20 minutes on average worth of just nothingness that, that was able to be cut out. Um, you know, again, you don't want to see it really decide a game, these, these pitch clock violations, but overall, I, I think the, the net effect is, is positive for baseball. Even for a diehard baseball fan like me, I'm, I'm enjoying the pace of the games a lot more. Yeah, and it's, I think it's going to bring more people in because it's not going to be such a drawn-out uh, event. It's something that you can sit there and watch in two and a half hours and be done with, rather than, you know, obviously with some extra innings and games and stuff like that, that's going to draw something out. You know, that's few and far between. All right, moving on to our crazy World Series predictions. Uh Dom, I'll start with you on this one. What is your AL winner and your NL winner? And then who is the winner of the World Series? I know it's crazy. It's super early. Uh, what are you looking at? What do you think is going to happen? So my track record for these is not good. But <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking at, at some projections for the year. And, you know, I – hate to say it, but the Yankees probably coming out of the American League is probably the safest bet, um, either them or the Astros. Um, the Mets will probably buy their way into the World Series this year with, uh, you know, all their spending. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see I wouldn't be surprised to see the Mets and the uh, Dodgers in the National League Championship Series and then probably honestly the Yankees or the Astros in the American League, unfortunately. Um, with probably the, the Yankees winning the World Series. All right, Jeff, what's your take? All right, my way too early take is whatever team wins the NL East will make a run to the World Series. And this is how I know I'm already wrong. I agree. I think maybe the Mets can buy their way. If this isn't their year, then I don't know what is. So let's go with the Mets for the AL. Astros are the favorite, but I say that hot Seattle team with their revenge. Uh, I think they've got what it takes, that young team and all that hype. and that, They just have such an energy about them. I could see them going all the way to World Series where then they lose to the Mets. Yeah, I, I hope they do make it. I do really like that team. Um, but I, I think another team to watch, again, maybe a little bit biased, but the Guardians – um, we saw how well they played last year, and I think they got better this offseason um, signing a catcher, signing Josh Bell. These new rules, especially the larger base pads, benefits a team like the Guardians. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're back at the top of the AL Central again. Um, now maybe they give, give a team a, a run for their money in one of the um, division or the American League Championship Series, but who knows? Yeah, I don't see. I, Cleveland. Know, I, I don't see Cleveland not winning their division and not going deeper in the postseason than they did this year or last year. So, uh, for sure, they're somebody to watch. Uh, I'm gonna go with the AL with the Astros. I think the addition of uh, Jose Abreu is just um, just a powerful bat, and I think that that's just uh, you know we talked about it last uh, season uh, for this uh, show that um, it just adds such a more a presence in the lineup and it's definitely to be a team to 
come down to believe it's the Astros and the Yankees. I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that. And then I think that the, the Astros are going to win out. And uh, Padres, the same thing. I think the NL the Padres are going to be, um, they got a lot of good, strong talent. Um, they came close last year. I mean, obviously, you know, they felt a little, felt, fell a little short. Uh, but uh, I believe that the Padres can take it home this year. So I'm going to go with the uh, Astros Padres World Series. And uh, Padres winning it out, so that's my take. Until the Padres actually win a playoff series, I'm just gonna bet on them to choke every year. I feel the exact same way. I'm it, ever ever since they signed um, uh, Manny Machado, the hype around this organization has been ridiculously high, and they've done nothing but miss the playoffs or lose in the first round. Yeah, so, I'm taking the Dodgers in the playoff series against Padres. Sure. But hype can can you know obviously can take you a lot farther than um, you got to get the experience to back up the hype. And once they get the experience and the, the playoff experience, it's going to be better. Like you said with the the Mariners, I just I, I they need the experience. Yes, they've got the hype and they've got you know the talent, but they need the experience to get them there. And and you know, I could almost say the same thing about the Guardians is that. Um, the, you know, the youngest team in baseball, and they just need more experience in the game itself to be able to perpetuate them to like a, a bigger stage and, and play in those big moments. And you've seen over and over, you know, team like the Astros, you know, be able to perform in, in those big stages. So, uh, yeah, but these Padres, they're, they're older than, you know, the Guardians. The, the Guardians were like, uh, I think the average age was like 22, 23. You know, you look at the the big names on the Padres. They're late twenties, early thirties, definitely late twenties. So, I mean, theoretically, they should have the experience already that they would need to make a run. Um, but I think we we see it all the time with teams that spend big in free agency. It's good to you know get all the big names, but that does doesn't necessarily translate to wins because you can have all the talents in the world, but if you're not a good team then, you know, it's not really going to get you far. I mean, the, the Yankees okay. haven't won about the Yankees. since two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Yankees haven't won since 2009. The Padres haven't made it past the first round of the playoffs. You know, the, the teams that, you know, grow their team, you know, semi-organically um, are the teams that, you know, have been having the most success. I mean, I think one exception to the rule is the Dodgers, but even then, you know, you look at the World Series teams, you know, half their team was from their farm system, and then they just bought the rest of the the, the best players in the league to kind of fill out the roster. But, you know, the, the base of the team was guys that were with the organization, came up through the farm system, and, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think necessarily just buying all the best free agents is, you know, the best way to, to build your team. All right. All right. Well, speaking of farm systems, uh, we got some rookies coming in this year. Um, some got a little bit experienced last year, last but, year, but there's technically going to be their rookie year this year. So uh, you give me some guys to watch out for this year. I've got, I mean, I know I'm on the Reds fan base, so here I am, but the Incarnation <laughs> has had like, He's statistically actually having the best spring training of any player. Um, he's batted 5-7-7 through all these games so far. Uh, he's got four homers. He's got a bunch of stolen bases. He's only struck out like twice in all the spring training. Okay. Dom, what about you? 
Um, I'm kind of interested to see if the Yankees finally call up Anthony uh, Velope or Velope, whatever his last name is. Um, there's been a lot of yeah, Velope. There's been a lot of hype around him for a couple of years now. I think he's the number five prospect in all of baseball. Um, we'll see if he can actually, you know, get some consistent playing time in that infield. But um, I'm interested to see what they have there, and I think if he's what he's cracked up to be, that can really change you know, the, the way that the franchise is run, they, he may even, you know, cause them to, to trade away some of the, the bigger names that they have to make room for them. See, Jeff, will you remind me next time to go first? Because Dom always uh, snakes out <laughs> my selections. Uh, I think oh, this yeah. is like a consistent thing throughout these episodes. We, we, need, that... we need to have like a meeting yeah. beforehand. <laughs> uh, I definitely had Anthony uh, Vlope. He's uh, making a big splash and, um, World Baseball Classic, and he's uh, you know showing a lot of people that he can play. So, um, but I'm going to go back to my secondary, which is the guy I talked about last year, and that's Gunnar Henderson, the third base shortstop mm-hmm. for the Orioles. This guy is just a beast. Um, he's he's shining in spring training, and I think that he's definitely going to be uh, one to watch and uh, definitely um, a Rookie of the Year candidate when it comes down to it. So, absolutely. All right, well, it's down to that final topic, and it is that one fact about baseball, something that you guys uh, are going to try to stump each other with, and I'm going to let Dom go first on this one. What is your one fact about baseball? Um, It's more of a statistical anomaly, which, Greg, I know you're, you're kind of a big fan of those, but in 1996-1997, Rockies uh, hitter Vinny Castilla like, had the exact same season two years in a row. He... 96-97, batted 304, had 40 home runs both seasons, had 113 RBIs both seasons, and had four sack flies. <laughs> That's the, the fact that he was able to have the exact same stats in two consecutive years is, I think, the definition of consistency. Yeah, yeah. You got to wonder if he got to a point and somebody said, hey, right now you have the same stats as last year. Don't Don't do anything else. <laughs> like just i'm not gonna play them the last three games or so because i'm not i don't want to mess up this statistic <laughs> all right jeff what do you got all right did you know that more men have walked on the moon than have scored earned runs on mariano rivera in the entire postseason so, so what are those numbers then how many have walked on the moon 12 men on the moon 11 or so it's close, but still pretty insane. <laughs> that's crazy. More on the moon than once. That's how Rivera is just a beast. All right. Oh, so, I know you right. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was my nemesis for a while, but, uh, you know, he retired. That was a, one of those players, just like Jeter, that when he retired, you just you couldn't, even though you hated Ooh, him. Don't get played, me started on Jeter. Don't get me started on Jeter. Have to tip your cap to him and just you no, know, you say, so. no, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, I bet you're excited the to most have him overrated, Most overrated shortstop of all time. <laughs> it, he's he's more clutch than, than even, you know, Mr. October. He had a couple lucky hits. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, mine is, uh, can you name the only player in the last 80 years to register 643 RBIs in the span of 643 regular season games? So as many RBIs as many games played 
and that's over the last 80 years. Can you last tell us what era years. he played in? What? Can you tell us what era he played in? Um, late 90s, early 2000s. Hmm. Ken Griffey Jr.? Nope. Jeff? Hmm. <laughs> Fortunately, I was kind of thick in the same area. Oh, man. I think I can. Manny Ramirez is the only player in the last 80 years to register 643 RBIs in the span of 643 regular season games. Damn. That's, Indians that's, guy too. <laughs> right. Indians lost out on a lot. Yeah, <laughs> well, guys, that does it for this edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Make sure you download us on all your available podcast platforms: Apple Music, Spotify, Spotify and Spotify. Google. Where else is there anything else you can do it on? Where you get your podcasts is where you can download us. Yeah, download them download somewhere. Them. We don't care. Just listen to us. That's all we ask. If you have any opinions on what we talked about, make sure you hit us up on Facebook and uh, make fun of us, yell at us, scream at us, and you know, tell us that we suck, and then we'll, we'll try uh, even harder the next time to suck even more. So, Until then, we'll see you next time. Baseball is America's pastime. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of On Deck as much as we have. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at deep.dive.sports. Or download us through Amazon, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. As always, we are On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.